edition of the Checkerboard Chat. We're here today post-Tennessee's big win over South Carolina this weekend, 41-21. I'm your host, Ryan Schumpert, joined as always by Noah Taylor as we'll discuss the Vols win, preview their homecoming matchup this weekend, and take a little bit of a look into Tennessee basketball as they start to get things going here this week. But to start off, uh, Noah, what are your initial thoughts on, on Tennessee's big win from Saturday? Oh, it was huge. I mean, we can't – I don't think you can overstate how big uh, it was for the program, not just because now it, the outlook for a bowl game looks more positive, but, I mean, just from a morale standpoint, I thought that a few weeks ago Mississippi State was kind of that win. Not that Mississippi State's very good, but, I mean, it was, it was one they needed to win, and they did. We expected them to lose to Alabama. They played a lot better than we expected. And then I remember saying last time we were on, was like, you can't let Alabama beat you twice. That was a really emotional loss to them. So it was controversial as well. So coming out and showing that that wasn't bothering them, to give up the 75-yard touchdown on the first play and to recover and just completely run away with it against, I think, not a terrible South Carolina team. Um, So, yeah, it it was huge for them. And and I think offense, defense, special teams was a complete effort. And and I think that the team – carried each other, and, and that's something. If they keep doing that, they'll, they're going to win the next four. Yeah, I think you really hit the nail on the head with the just complete effort part of it. And obviously, I know South Carolina was just 3-4 and four going into the game. Record might be a little bit better than that. Or, or they may be a little bit better than the record indicates. And obviously, Tennessee got some top 25 wins last year over Auburn, over Kentucky. But I thought Saturday was the best performance overall of the Jeremy Pruitt area. Offense, defense, special teams, all three played really well. Not to say there was anything fluky about those Kentucky or Auburn games, because there wasn't, but Auburn game, Tennessee got a lot of jump balls, forced three turnovers, had a lot of things go right. In this game, Tennessee just thoroughly beat South Carolina, really from, not from the first first snap, so obviously I went for a touchdown to South Carolina, but they played really well in the first half. After that, you know, they were down, I guess, three point, four points at halftime, and then second half just really played flawlessly. You know, I think a lot of stories from the game, but one of them has got to be the oddness of the quarterback situation, how that was handled. You know, what were you, kind of your, your thoughts on that? Well, I think we talked about it yesterday, but when Jawan Jennings went out there and took the first snap, I did not have a very positive feeling about where that game was going to go. I kind of thought, well, they, they don't have any trust in Shroud uh, to go out there and do I know Shroud played a little bit against Alabama after Garantano's, you know, mishap there the yeah. goal line but you know, all he did was hand the ball off so I thought well I mean there's they, they obviously just don't have trust in these two guys I mean the, the whole Jennings thing I think people have been calling for you know fans have been calling for on Twitter for months now yeah um and it, obviously they didn't let him play significant time at quarterback yeah. but you know I thought well you can't do this the whole game and succeed and then Shroud Garantano came up you know a little shaky at first but I mean that I think that was ran the system was ran great. I think that, you know, switching in quarterbacks can sometimes be a tricky thing to do and it throws off consistency, but both were consistent when they came in. They either turned the ball over, uh, made big throws, got the ball to Tennessee's playmakers, which has been, you know, the, one of the best receiving cores in the SEC with guys like Callaway and Jennings. And I think Tennessee hasn't been able to get them the ball. They got the ball to them Saturday and we saw what could happen when, I, when they do that. Yeah, definitely. And I think the the consistency and, you know, usually when you're moving quarterbacks in, it's hard for them to get in the flow and play with consistency, right, just from whenever they jump in. But that's really kind of what happened Saturday. I mean, J.T. Shroud played some in the first half, got his got his toes a little wet. 
wasn't great, wasn't awful, did some good things, and then, you know, Garantano goes out after throwing that go-ahead touchdown, and it's it's got to be Shroud. You're like, it's, Shroud's got to make some plays for him down the stretch if they're going to win, and, and that's exactly what he did. He wasn't perfect, but he was as good as I think anyone could have expected. Like you said, the long pass to Callaway, another long pass to Jennings to set up a field goal. So he did as about as well as I think you can expect from a guy that was in no way expected to play meaningful snaps for Tennessee this season. And then I think Garantano, I mean, it says a lot about him, I guess, as a person, just the way he's been able to respond from really this whole season. He had some some dry humor there in the first game <laughs> press conference about how easy everything's been on in the past few weeks. But, you know, nevertheless, impressive. I don't think anyone's going to remember him for – his performance Saturday when they look back at his career five years later, but it's definitely what he was able to do Saturday, able to do against Mississippi State, something that should be remembered, especially for a senior. And transitioning into that, it was it was the seniors the seniors' day at a, oh, yeah. at Neyland Stadium. Daniel Batuli, Daryl Taylor, Marquez Callaway, Chawan Jennings, all of those guys having huge games. Just how much did I mean? How much did that really do you think mean to Tennessee? Oh yeah, I mean I I, I mentioned that in my grades today. Um, I said that on offense, if Callaway and, and mostly Jennings have had their moments this year, right? You know, yeah. they've had game, they've had those big games uh, with Jennings outside of Florida, where you know the ball went through his hands and he just kind of played off. He's been, you know, the go-to guy. Callaway, we've kind of been waiting for him to have that, and both of them had that type of game on Saturday. I think that was huge for their offense. And I said, you know, if they keep that up, you know, that this offense is going to be pretty good down the stretch. Same with the defense. You have Taylor, guys like Taylor and Batuli playing well, along with Toto, who's played well all season, played consistent. Those two guys playing the way they did at that level, I mean, that was big for Tennessee. And, and there's just I, – I think there's no way they win. I mean, I guess that kind of goes, goes without saying, considering all the impact they made. But I don't know. If, if those those two or four players don't mesh on the side of the ball like they did Saturday, I don't, th- I don't know if Tennessee wins that game. It was just a great effort um, on both sides by senior leadership that they really needed. Definitely, and you know this isn't to say that those guys hadn't been good or contributed a lot in their past, you know, last season or earlier this season, but everyone kind of kept on looking. I feel like for the young players to step up, young players to make big, big plays and carve out a bigger role, and not to say, you know some of them have done that, but it, it's been the seniors. It's been, you know, not even just the seniors, but it's been the Butch Jones recruits that I think have made it been such an X factor. I think yeah. a lot of people just gave up on a lot of those players and. You know, myself included at times, but Pruitt's staff has done a good job of developing those guys, and whether that's Kevon Bennett, who is going to play a lot of significant snaps in his last few years at Tennessee. He's playing a lot better. Some of those guys have just really, really developed here. It, really, over the last few weeks, I think you look at the offense and the receivers, I think that's what people thought Tennessee might have before the year. And it, as an explosive offense, this was the second game this season that they've had two receivers with over 100 yards. You know, Callaway's a little big play dependent in his ability to do that for you. But Jennings has been a guy that is carving out 80, 100-yard games basically every week. And now they're getting a little bit of consistency in the quarterback position, not necessarily with who's playing, but overall performance. That that has really gone a long way and has proven to be an effective offense when they when they get good performance at the quarterback position. So now after that game, Tennessee's sitting here 3-5, and five, at four left, UAB Saturday, traveled to Lexington the following week, bye week, 
travel to Missouri, Vanderbilt at home, need three of them to make a bowl. What would you what would you put the percentage at? What would you put the Vols' chances of making the bowl here as we sit in late October? I'd say very good. I mean, and that's going back to the win, how big it was for South Car- or big for Tennessee to beat South Carolina. If you beat South Carolina, you can afford to lose one more. Um, I mean, obviously Jeremy Pruitt and staff are not shooting to lose one more. You know, yeah. I'm sure Saturday they thought, okay, good, now we can lose to Missouri and be okay. But uh, so it gives you a little bit of breathing room there. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, the way they played and the way we've seen Missouri was one that I had circled as their biggest game left. I mean. Yeah. Or their hardest game. Most left. challenging. Most challenging, for sure. You're, you're out there. It's going to be cold, I'm sure. Maybe nighttime, so it might be a, a pretty tough environment. But we've seen Missouri the last couple of weeks. Their offense is just really bad. Uh, I mean, I, it's it's been tough to watch, uh, which is saying something. Cause when we talked about Drew Locke the yeah. other night. I mean, that it's it's been kind of quite a fall uh, these last few games. Haven't watched a ton of Missouri football, so – other than the other night, saw a good bit of that game, so I can't say whether or not what the, what their problems are. If it's Kelly Bryant, if it's just he's getting injured and can't, can't stay consistent, I think that these next four are Tennessee are very winnable. Tennessee, I'd say outside of outside of Missouri, they're probably gonna be favored in all of them. Yeah. Um, UAB is kind of an interesting matchup. I think yeah, that's a pretty good team out of Conference USA. I think they're six and one right now. Yeah, they were a team that was in the top twenty five last year around this time. Um, and then the, we talked earlier about the familiarity with Bill Clark and, and Jeremy Pruitt. I'm interested to see how that game goes. Another night game, uh, so the environment will be be interesting. Um, uh, I think a better team than, you know, with this four-game stretch, I, I hate to say, like, UAB's not the best team in it. I, they're probably one of the better ones in there, really, when you look at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's done in, in Kentucky lately. But um, I'd say the very good shot to not only make a bowl game, but uh, – because all they need is three, but I'd say they could win all four for sure. I really do. Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. You know, I think when you look at it, it's the consistency factor in yeah. that, you know, we've seen Tennessee play two road games. They played pretty good in Tuscaloosa. played perhaps probably not worse than Georgia State. Probably their second worst game of the year in Gainesville. Yeah. So, and we've seen Kentucky's look better at home. Missouri's look better at home. Both those games on the road for Tennessee. So I think – it's going to be hard, uh, definitely possible for Tennessee to run the table, win four. But I think having the little bit of having that win, being able to lose one, just from it's going to be tough. I mean, you're building yeah. your program, still a young team to be consistent right. week in and week out. And then the game Saturday, I think, is an interesting matchup. Tennessee currently ten point favorites in that game. I think they opened up a little bit higher than that. It's been bet down a little bit already. You know, UAB six and one on the season, seven yeah six and one on the season. But you look at teams they've beaten. The records on those teams are three and four, zero and eight, one and seven, zero and eight, three and four, and one and seven. They lost to a five and three Western Kentucky team. Not to say that UAB isn't a good team, because I think they definitely are. And the job Bill Clark has done there, revitalizing that UAB yeah. program after it being non-existent for a few years, has truly been remarkable and one of the more impressive coaching jobs in all of college football. But I don't think they're necessarily as good as the record makes them look. But at the same time, it's the Tennessee team that lost to Georgia State a yeah. few months ago. And if they don't come out and they don't play well, it's a game that is is definitely losable. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure they're as right for an upset as maybe some people would, would look on the outside. But it's definitely going to be a big game and a game that Tennessee will have to play well in the win. Yeah, I and mean, when you talked about the consistency factor, I mean, that, that is something to take into account for sure because I, as good as Tennessee, I think, has, play, has played these last three weeks – and I, I mean, Saturday was the best 
of any of the, the three wins they've had this year. Let's throw Chattanooga out the window. You yeah. Know? But the, of the two SEC wins they've had this year, Saturday was by far the best they played. Didn't play perfect against Mississippi State. Found a way to win, though. You know, played pretty good football against Alabama. You know, yep. I mean, good enough to hang in there with them and make it a one or try to almost make it a one possession game. But they can't. I mean, the team still isn't good enough to, like you said, take a step back these next four weeks. You know, they they yep. can't. I I don't want to say that they have to have games like they did Saturday, where because that's might be asking a bit too much to have Daryl Taylor get what two sacks, two yep. tackles for loss, two pass breakups get Batuli to block punts, make 15 tackles, things like that. That might be too much to expect, but they definitely don't have that room for error to, you know, go into it and say, well, we might not play our best today. Because, I mean, as winnable as I think those games are, they're, they're really losable, too, for this yeah. Tennessee team. So, yeah, I definitely agree with the consistency thing. Definitely. And so, I guess, keeping it on the UAB and going forward, moving back to the quarterbacks, Garantano, like I said, gets knocked out in that game. Brian Mowers status still questionable. Pruitt said they thought he'd be out there at practice on Monday. How would you expect Tennessee to handle it going forward? What I mean, it's kind of a just a big question. I don't think there's really any clear answer. But what what do you think? What would you expect to see Tennessee well, do this week and then maybe going forward? Uh, after Saturday, after the first snap on Saturday, um, you know maybe maybe give Jennings a little bit more time at quarterback this week. I don't know. It, it's Shroud played. Well, I mean, he played well enough now to where you have more confidence in him to go out there and play a whole game if he has to. That being said, the status on Mauer is unclear right now, and then the status on Garantano is unclear. He just had a procedure done yesterday, right, yeah. on his wrist. So maybe you don't want to trot them out there, but what if something happens to Shroud? You know, then you're kind of in a weird spot. So I'd say they're, they're going to be confident enough to start him and let him play until they're forced not to. You know, either way, either if he's hurt, you know, God forbid, or – you know, just doesn't play well. But I'd say they're going to go with him and, and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, just to go ahead and clarify for those listening, the Garantano injury broke his left bone in his left wrist, non-throwing wrist. Um, Pruitt said they expect him to be ready on Saturday. I don't know how much that's just coach coach speak. He also just said he did not expect him to practice today on Monday. So when we're recording this. So that'll be an interesting one to see. You know, it seemed that to be some optimism on whether Maurer could play this week. Again, I don't think that's a situation you'd want to, you'd really be looking to rush him back in with yeah. as serious as concussions and CTE are right. in a game that seems as, you know, we said they can't just roll in and win, yeah. but a game that seems as winnable on paper, you feel like, I'm sure Tennessee feels like they should they can win this yeah. game with whoever at quarterback. But it, it's going to be interesting yeah. to watch, see how Tennessee handles. I'm sure it'll kind of be in the, the Mal, how they handle the Mauer part of it will certainly be in the spotlight with the health issues there. So that'll be enough for UT football today. We'll pivot it over to basketball, where the Vols will get their regular season started next week. But this week, Wednesday, they have an exhibition game against New Mexico, Eastern New Mexico? Yeah, I think so. Directional New Mexico <laughs> school. Yeah. Wednesday night, the day before Halloween. No, what are what are you looking to see? What are you be interested to watch for the balls? Um, just the younger guys getting a chance to play. Like Josiah James, obviously a lot of hype surrounding him. Um, he should play, right? Yeah, and I think they were. He was coming back to practice later last week. Okay, good. And then, I mean, I don't know if you rush him out there or not. I mean, obviously, not to repeat of what we said the week of the Georgia State game. <laughs> this is one Tennessee should should uh, win and, and get a chance to see the younger guys play because you're going to get a, a little bit of a look at the future 
Um, I think that's the biggest thing for Tennessee right now. I mean, I'm not saying don't go out there and try this year. I still think this is a tournament team that could have a very good season. Don't think they'll replicate what they did last year, obviously. But, um, you know, you get, get some young guys out there and get them some experience in these in these early games. Uh, tough non-conference slate this year. Um, so, yeah, as much playing time as they can get will be interesting to see. Because, I mean, we're, we know what we're going to get at, at guys like Lamonte Turner and um, – Jordan Bowden, you know, they'll go out there and, and probably play a little bit. And then you throw in your young guys, see how they perform. And because, uh, I mean, that recruiting class, which I know you're going to talk about here in a second, uh, as big as it's going to be, and we've talked about it before, that that those three guys matched with the guys you already got on your roster. I mean, I think Tennessee could be in for a really great season next year, not to look too far ahead. But um, that that's probably what I'll be looking forward to the most tomorrow night or Wednesday night. Yeah, I agree with that, I think. One thing that's going to be interesting to really follow all year is you just look at Tennessee's backcourt depth. Mm-hmm. They have Bowden. They have Turner, who obviously they feel good about senior guys. They have Josiah James, who they feel confident about and they feel good in. But he's a guy that's missed a lot of time, just a freshman, missed a lot of practice. It's hard to imagine he's going to come in and play at a super, super high level, at least early in the season. And then they have Jalen Johnson as a guard to come off the bench. And then after that, I think that's a lot of questions, I think, from what it sounds like is that Barnes – and staff were very impressed with what they got from Devontae Gaines this summer, who was lowest-rated recruit that they brought in. But he's a guy that's been dealing with an injury as well. I think he's not sure he's come back to practice yet. I think they expect him back here pretty soon. So the depth in that backcourt I think is going to be interesting. I, if he's available to play, Gaines is, and I'm sure they'll do it with James, I would expect to see them play a lot, a lot of minutes to kind of try to rapidly catch, get those guys ready with the season coming on. And yeah, I don't want to discount Pons as a guy that can play on the perimeter, right. but I think they feel more confident about him down mm-hmm. low. The other thing I'm going to be looking for on Wednesday is just how they <coughs> use Plasic. Still, the Arizona State transfer yeah. still has not had his waiver approved. There's been a, a, pl- a bunch of waivers approved or denied in the past yeah. week from NCAA, but still no word on him. Yeah. If that's the case, like I said, we're recording this Monday. If that's still the case Wednesday, I'm curious how much they play him in the next exhibition game if they're not sure. Yeah. They're going to have him eligible, but he's certainly a guy that I'm sure fans will be be having their eyes glued on too because one is expected to contribute a lot if oh, he yeah. can get eligible this season. Would be huge. If Definitely. They can get that addition there. But yeah, I agree with you. That's another one that uh kind of want to keep an eye on how he performs. And it, like you said, if there, there's no word by Wednesday, do you throw him out there and, and yeah. risk anything? Um, I'd say it's very minimal that something like that happens, but, you know, get him some playing time at least before the season starts and, you know, you find out. I guess that's just a Tennessee thing. With the I, I guess I so, mean, yeah. With it going so late. If it's if he goes the way it goes, then maybe we'll find out by, you know, week two or three <laughs> into, the, into the regular season. So that will be enough of the basketball. We'll close with a few recruiting nuggets of both football and basketball. Last week, in football, three commitments from a trio of players at Whitehaven High School out in Memphis, Tennessee. Big gets for the staff. You know, Bryson Easton had been been a priority guy for a long time. They decided to go in, all in on his teammates and flipped uh, some commitments from Arkansas and Mississippi State. Definitely good gets for Pruitt. Definitely built some momentum, I guess, that you saw carry on into the weekend on the field. On the other side of it, some bad news in recruiting yesterday. You know, kind of everyone had their eyes on last week, Marietta High School, where Tennessee had two commitments, one from quarterback Harrison Bailey, one from B.J. Ojolari. Their other teammate who had been considering Tennessee kind of 
shocked, you know, he's top 10 recruit, Eric Gilbert, kind of shocked the college football world. I think most people thought he was going to go to Georgia, Alabama. He chooses to go play at LSU. Half a week later, his good friend, Bicho Ojolari, teammate with Tennessee commit, flips his commitment from Tennessee to LSU. So certainly a big loss for Tennessee. Ojolari was a top 150 recruit, outside linebacker, a real position of need in this recruiting class for Tennessee. So it'll be interesting to see what the Vols do there, where they turn, how their board adjusted outside linebacker. Maybe they go a little harder in for Reggie Grimes, the in-state athlete from Ravenwood High School, or maybe they go to Juco route, try to find somebody there. And then in the basketball recruiting world, big big get last week is Jaden Springer, number 15 player in the country, commits to Tennessee over Memphis and Michigan. He's a Charlotte native originally, plays at IMG Academy down in Bradenton, Florida. So that was a great get for, for Barnes & Co. That class now up to number four in the country with a pair of five stars and a four-star forward. They are out of scholarship spots. They had three scholarship spots. Would expect them probably to oversign here in the fall just due to the nature of attrition and college basketball. I think they've had a player leave every single year Barnes has been there. And then you add the fact that Josiah James could possibly be one and done. I think Tennessee would like to get a post player in that spot. They P.J. Hall, a guy they'd been after, committed to Clemson last week, so it won't be him. Dylan Cardwell maybe a guy to watch there, the 6'11", center from Georgia. He's taken an official visit to Tennessee. I believe he either had his visit last weekend or this coming weekend at UConn, which will be his last one. So that will certainly be something to watch going forward. But thank you for joining us on this edition of the Checkerboard Chat. We will be back next week talking probably a little bit about Tennessee's exhibition game against Eastern New Mexico, talking about them opening the season up, and then we will talk about the homecoming matchup against UAB for the football team. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.